Here we go, Draft Knicks. Here we go. Welcome to another edition of Draft 412 Podcast. My name is Joe 412, and I'll be your host for about the next 30 minutes. Before we, we begin, we want to thank our sponsor tonight, Caliente's Pizza and Draft House, home of the world's best pizza. Check them out at worldsbestpizza.com. With me tonight, I have three of our four horsemen of the draft apocalypse. As always, we have our Dauntless Editor-in-Chief here, John Toth, JT, and the winner of the 2023 Mr. Congeniality Award, all the way from Penn State Territory, Emmett Mann. Uh, gentlemen, welcome back to uh, Draft 412's podcast. And before we kick it off tonight, the, the festivities, we have a very special guest joining us. As you know, we're planning a, a fundraiser with his group on August 24th, which we'll talk a little bit about a little later in the program. Um, but let me introduce him. Uh, he's a forever stealer, a fan favorite for his play on and off the field and possibly the fastest inside linebacker I've ever seen live on TV or had the pleasure to scout, Ryan Chazier. Ryan, welcome to Draft 412. Oh, how you guys doing? How you guys doing? Thank you guys for having me. Really well, man. Thanks for coming. First of all, let me say it was a pleasure to watch you play for the Black and Gold. And I have to say this, it was not so pleasurable to watch you see me. Be you beat up on my maize and blue a couple of times before you came to the black and gold. So I forgave you when you transitioned over. But I'm going to put all my personal allegiances aside tonight and ask you, are you ready to go on the clock with us tonight? Uh, yes, sir. I'm, I'm ready to go on the clock. And, you know, uh, I got my opportunity to beat up on you guys. But you you guys have got us the last two years. So <laughs> yeah. hopefully, hopefully we can get you guys back. It's it's cyclical, right? So well, look, I I will uh, I'll start out the draft four one two gauntlet here by handing it over to JT, our our editor in chief. JT, what do you have for Ryan? Ryan, first off, pleasure to have you on, man. Pleasure. Um, draft four one two covers all all aspects of the draft, of course. And can you go over with our um audience the days leading up to the draft, and then the moment you you knew you were going to the black and gold? What what, what was the feeling you had? Yeah, so just going into the drop, it's an amazing feeling because this is something that you've been wishing for your whole life. So I remember picking out my suit, what I was going to wear, flying down to my family, making sure that we all have the perfect travel arrangement. I ended up having about 20 members of my family that actually went to the draft. So it was just a, a amazing moment. I remember flying up to New York and then we're going to Radio City Music Hall before we actually got drafted there. Then we'll have events there where play 60 and you'll spend time with kids in the city and then also just be able to see different parts of New York. Honestly, I didn't think I was going to get drafted to the Steelers because when I was in the draft room, my, my agent was saying, hey, you're probably going to go in the first round. But it's probably going to be – I always – I thought I was going to be, like, middle of the draft. So, because we had guys like Clowney. We had Khalil Mack. We had a lot of really good players in our draft. I felt I was just as good as any of those guys. But when you're in the top ten, you normally hit that, that height, weight, speed, as well as performance on the field. So, my performance on the field was just as well as theirs. But I wasn't born 6'6", 270, you know. So, I knew that those guys were going to get drafted a little bit ahead of me. But around the 14th pick in the draft, I was like, hey, I took my shoes off because I, my shoes were a little too tight. So I ended up switching out shoes. I mean, I ended up switching my shoes on. And then once I was I was tying my shoes on, I had a ring. 
And my agent came up to me and was like, hey, Ryan, you're about to get drafted with the 16th pick to the Dallas Cowboys. So the Bears had the 14th pick. They just picked Fuller before me. And then the 15th pick was the Steelers, and then the 16th pick was the Cowboys. So my dad was, like, texting my uncle, hey, he's about to be a Cowboy. My cow- my uncle was a huge Cowboy fan. And then I get a, a ring on my cell phone, and it was a 412 number. And I knew it was a Pittsburgh number because at Ohio State, I had teammates that went, that are from Pittsburgh. So when I seen that number, I was like, it was, but it wasn't a number I had saved in my phone. So when I had seen that number, I was like, man, that's, that's, that must be the Pittsburgh Steelers. So then the first person, you know, once I got on the phone was Mr. Rooney and, and it was just a, a really good moment to be able to, to get drafted there. And I, I'm, I, I, I can't I can't lie, you know, again, drop to the Steelers is definitely a dream come true. Just to go to a franchise that has the most championships, has the history of winning championships, the city that just loves their team and they back all their teams, all their sports, and that's the type of environment that I want to be in. That's excellent, man. Um you um from for about thirty seconds you thought you were a Dallas Cowboy. <laughs> yeah, for about 30 seconds, I thought I was a Dallas Cowboy, but I'm going to tell you this. I'm definitely happy that I got drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not I was going to say, you went the right direction. You went the right yeah. direction. <laughs> and, and what do you got for, what do you got for Ryan? Ryan, first of all, thank you for giving us the, your time so graciously this evening. Uh, I know you've been up to camp at St. Vincent, my alma mater, and one of our partners here at Draft 412. Talking to the people, you know, behind the scenes, what is the sense? What what is the true sense uh, they feel uh, for the team this year? Are they a playoff contender? I definitely think this team is a playoff contender, and and there's multiple reasons why I feel the Pittsburgh Steelers are a player playoff contender. So with Kenny Pickett, his progression that we've seen at the end of the year, he had four game winning drives. Uh, that was more than any other quarterback in the NFL. That just gives you just a good understanding. In the crunch time, he doesn't he doesn't you know back away. He actually performs well under pressure. Another thing that really was exciting: the team won seven out of their last nine games when their backs were against the wall. They figured out a way to win those games. But when we look at this team this year. Najee Harris, he's healthier, but it's also good to know we have Jalen Warren as a, a spell back. Then you add in a veteran president like Allen Robinson, who has been a top receiver in the league at, at a point in his career. And now he comes in and is going to be a big body slot. And it, to me, I feel like it's a really great thing when you have four guys on the field that you can just throw the ball up to and you know that they can catch the ball. They're very good possession receivers with Allen Robinson, George Pickens, you have Pat Frymuth, and then you have Deont- then you have um then you have uh Daryl Washington. And those are big body possession receivers. Then you have a guy like Deontay who can just get open on routes and he's a guy that has a lot of create uh creativeness to be able to separate from the receivers so on the offensive side it made me feel really good because i just seen this team progress on the offensive side with how the uh it, uh front office was able to pick pieces around this offense to make them grow when it comes to the defensive side of the ball i just i'm very confident in what coach tomlin and and uh and the defensive scheme coach uh terrell austin what they have in place when it comes to just playing great defense 
So I, I definitely think they're a playoff team. Ryan, I mean, obviously you just uh, – you're a defensive guy, and, and we've seen the, the Steelers swap out in its entirety the entire inside linebacker position in the offseason. You know, they hit free agency really hard. Uh, and now that you've had a chance to see these guys up close, is this a, a better unit than last year at inside linebacker? Are we going to see improvement in play there uh, over uh, 2022? So the biggest thing with me when it comes to inside linebacker is just watching how they perform throughout the season because it's really easy to say, hey, we have veteran presence. This is a better linebacker core. But if you think about it, last season we got Miles Garrett, I mean, Miles Jack coming into the linebacker room and everybody's like, oh, man, you know, our um, our inside linebacker problem is, is solved. You know, so to me, I think it's more about – how those guys play, how they communicate with the defense, and then the responsibilities that they have to take on. The inside linebacker position at Pittsburgh is a lot, uh, a lot more difficult than an inside linebacker at a lot of other, a lot of other teams. People are used to playing just you know cover three or just playing man. The responsibilities that they ask you sometimes in the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is a very difficult responsibility because sometimes you might go against a Cooper Cup in the slot. Sometimes you might go against uh, Allen Robinson in the slot, and when you're going, when you play with other teams, they don't put that type of pressure on a linebacker. But you just have to understand how to just play your leverage. So, to me, I just think it's going to be hard for me to tell right now. I think that we have really good guys, great veteran guys. Then also adding Quan Alexander in as well. I think if you want to get a veteran presence of linebackers, uh, that that can do the job. I think we have those guys, but I think we just got to see how they play throughout the year. I was going to ask you about Quan Alexander and I mean, he's the, he's the newest guy, but you know, bringing in Roberts and Holcomb and I mean, just the entire turnover. I don't know. Is there one guy there that you want us to look at this year? So the thing is, to me, I, all of them have different traits. So for instance, Holcomb, he's very good in coverage. He's, he's a very good coverage linebacker. He does a good job of just understanding where he needs to be. He's, he's more athletic than he seems to be. So, to me, I think that's very good. We have that as an inside linebacker. While we have E-Rob, who's a thumper, he's somebody that, you know, comes downhill, make plays. But I heard he's also doing a really good job of communicating. So, when you have somebody that can help communicate the the plays on the field and just getting everybody in the right position, I think that's, that's, that's really good as well. So, um, honestly, I think it's just – with us not seeing them on a day-to-day basis, I think we're just going to have to find out throughout the season, and then you know, uh, yeah, game I think plan. People, yeah, then people will. Think, I think Coach Tomlin will game plan, and those guys will. He will see like, hey, this week I like this situation for that guy, and then next week I like this situation for that guy. So I think it's just going to be uh, based off of who we play. <laughs> Ryan, um, August 24th, we're, we're very privileged here at Draft 412 to be um, helping do a fundraiser um, at the City Winery. Uh, for our viewers who may not know about the foundation, can you explain to people what uh, you guys do for um, people who um, suffer from spinal cord injuries? Yeah, so I started the Ryan Shazier Fund for Spinal Rehabilitation when I, right after I got injured. And... To me, well, probably about a year and a half, two years after I got injured. And to me, it was very important because a lot of people that have spinal cord injuries, they don't really know what the processes are of when dealing with a spinal cord injury. They're, they have family members that are suffering it. Sometimes they're suffering it themselves. 
and it's a very scary place to be in. So I wanted to start the Ryan Shades Air Fund to be able to add support and resources to individuals who have spinal cord injuries, but then also to their family members. So when they do enter this storm, they understand how to how to weather it. They understand how to prepare for it. I know growing up in Fort Lauderdale, I had to go through a lot of hurricanes. So uh, I knew how to prepare for those hurricanes. I knew what tools that we needed to get. Well, my parents did. I was younger, but we knew what tools we needed to get. While you know somebody that might just move to Florida for the first time and a hurricane come, they you know they don't know what to expect. But you know they can call their neighbor and ask them for help. And that's that's what we want to be. We want to be the neighbors to those individuals that don't know what they're going through and provide them the support that they need to be able to weather the storm. Following up on that, Ryan, uh, coming back from an injury as serious as yours uh, was, uh, you have to, you know, work your way through a lot of obstacles, a lot of hard work. In your time uh, with the foundation, uh, what is uh, what accomplishment uh, are you most proud of? I would say the the accomplishment I'm most proud of, you talk while working with my foundation, is to be able to give back and just see the faces and see the change that we've had in individuals that have spinal cord injuries. Some people that we've talked to with spinal cord injuries, they came and talked to us and spent time with us. And their first time talking with us is just, you've seen the the uh, disappointment of them having to deal with a spinal cord injury, them being scared in that moment, the scare in their face, the 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 sadness in their face. And to be able to see us start to put a smile on their face, on their family's face, and allow them to understand how to actually live with the spinal cord injury if they don't have if they don't have the opportunity that I had to be able to walk again, just to understand that they can have a beautiful life, a wonderful life while dealing with this uh, tragic injury. So just to see that we can change the lives of a lot of other people is it's been amazing, and and I, I would say that's the biggest accomplishment that I have. You know, Ryan. Uh... Spinal cord injury is near and dear to my heart. My uncle was a Marine and he was paralyzed in combat. And my cousin, when he was born, he was born with special needs. And uh, one of those needs was uh, a spina bifida related thing. He had his spine fused and he also was in a wheelchair. So um, to see that, you know, how far medicine has come uh, in just in my lifetime uh, on traumatic brain injury and spinal cord stuff. And, you know, I had a chance to meet you for the first time at our stage AE event for draft day and uh, to see what you suffered on the field and how you've come back from it. I'm, I'm really, you know, I, I, that tugs on the heartstrings, man. So uh, well done. And, and, you know, we're proud um, to be supportive and in, in being part of this fundraiser. We want to remind everyone uh, to mark their calendars for the August 24th, as JT said a little earlier, it's the last Steelers preseason game against the Atlanta Falcons, and we're hosting a watch party at the City Winery. If you haven't been there, it's newer, uh, and that's going to benefit Ryan's foundation, the Ryan Shazier Fund. Uh, and you can purchase tickets on our Eventbrite, and if you enter in Shazier50 uh, at checkout, you're going to get a $10 off and a chance to win an autographed jersey from either him or Jerome Bettis. Uh, and there's going to be other celebrities there, Larry Richards, our MC from KDKA, Will Allen, Kevin Colbert, Colby Armstrong, many others. Uh, so I hope everybody can come out. But uh, Ryan, before we let you go, before you, we let you off the clock, this is my favorite time of the night. We play this lightning round, and mm -hmm. all of us get a chance to answer some questions. I am sort of the 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 uh, 
you know, the, the Alex Trebek uh, of the group. I get to ask the questions and you guys okay. answer them. So I'm going to start out with a question that almost sickens me, uh, but I'm going to ask it anyway, only because I, I'm going to refrain so that I may not incriminate myself. But I'm going to say outside of yourself, Ryan, and this also goes for JT and, and, and Emmett, um, who is your favorite OSU player of all time? Oh, wow. Outside of myself. Wow, that's a tough question. Um, Can't be yourself, right? Yeah, come on. Oh, man. So I would say outside of myself, my favorite Ohio State player of all time. Um, dang, because this is going to be tough because I have friends, so they might get offended. Uh, oh, man. That's all right. So, it, so it's, it's multiple ways you can go about this. It's like you can say who you think is the best and who is my favorite. Who is so, your favorite? Your favorite is the question. Oh, I'll man. tell you what. You think about it. I'll throw it over to Emmett. Have him a a answer first. Then I'll go to JT. And then it'll bounce over to you. We'll give you a little time to, to right, stew. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Thank you. <laughs> Evan, you're on mute. You're on mute, Emmett. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take the uh, the the easy way out and say none of the above, with the exception of our our guest here uh, tonight. But uh, I actually I, I have several, but I'm gonna go with Chris Fieldman. Okay, yeah, he's a really great player. Really great. How about you, JT? Who's your favorite like Buckeye? Eddie, I always liked Eddie George as much as he uh, as much as he destroyed. I, I'm a Michigan fan myself, and um, he was <laughs> good he was, job, JT. Go blue. <laughs> but he was tough. He was a tough running back back in the day, and he had a he had a decent NFL career too. So I'm gonna go with Eddie George. All right, oh, well, back to you, man. Have you oh, thought man. about it? Can't be you. Oh man. So I'm gonna be completely honest with you. Uh, this is still really tough for me. Um, so it was really fun playing with this guy. Uh, I would have to say uh, Braxton Miller. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Question number two. Ryan, I'm coming back to you here. So you have a magical locker in the locker room, uh, and you can go back in time to watch any football game anywhere from the sideline. Where do you go back to? Oh, man. Uh, can you change the outcome? Uh, you're watching. <laughs> you're not playing. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm saying, like, so, for instance, like, say if I was like, hey, I wanted to go back and watch the NFC Championship game of last year, right? But Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt. You know what I'm saying? All right. Well, okay. I'll let that one go. I'll let that one go. You're our guest. Uh, you get special privilege. The other guys don't, but you All do. Right. So we'll, we'll say Brock Purdy uh, last year. All right. We'll let that go. Emmett, how about you, man? If you can go back. You got that. You, he walked into one locker. You're walking into the next. Where are you going? I am, I am going to watch. My New York football giants ruined the New England Patriots big season and go into that Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, that's cruel, but I love it. I love it. Anything to screw the Patriots over, I don't care. How about you, JT? Where are you going? I'm going two years before I was born, so 1972. I'm going to the Immaculate Reception. Um, it's the one play in Steelers history that I've heard the most about, and I would love to have lived it in, in person, so I'll go back to 72. So that's a you stole my thunder. I was going to go back there too as a Steeler fan. I was going to throw a Michigan thing in there, talk about uh, you know the some Rose Bowl victories or perhaps that national championship game with with uh, Charles Woodson. But I want I don't want to rub it in our guest face. No, no, you're <laughs> go blue, <coughs> go blue. My something in my throat. 
Anyway, all right, Ryan, third question. Um, what is your favorite football highlight of all time? Oh, man. So uh, I would have to say my favorite football highlight is uh, probably when I stripped the ball from Jeremy Hill uh, to, to win the game, uh, to help us win the game, you know, give us the ball back for the opportunity to win the game in, in Cincinnati, and then we went down there and won it. So that was that's my favorite football moment. They got not a bad one, not a bad one. Emmett? We're in a driving snowstorm in Pittsburgh where Jerome Bettis depleted Brian Urlacher. I have that picture framed in my basement signed by both guys. Really? <laughs> How about you, Jay? How about both guys? Wow. Yeah, I got that one. I got lucky. Apparently, Urlacher and Bettis are now friends, so don't, don't – uh, hey – you know, that's not crazy. That's not how about you, man. I'm gonna stick with the decleating. Um, I always love watching the Bo Jackson highlight against uh Brian Bosworth Monday night football. I just it's one of them, one of them highlights. I always make sure that if it's on, I'm, I'm watching it and I'm stopping it and replaying it because it's one of the most amazing highlights you'll ever see. Yeah, I think, I think my. <laughs> <laughs> obviously there's there's some like the immaculate reception and the catch uh and the the, the helmet catch. i mean all that kind of stuff is is there but my I, the one i can watch over and over and over again and i don't know why is terrell owens going to the middle of the dallas star and sticking the ball down and then george teague coming out of nowhere and just cleaning his clock it's yeah that was pretty that crazy yeah, i can watch crazy. that Oh, like on repeat. <laughs> so yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Well, hey, Ryan, we have one more, one more, um, and this is a this is a more contemporary one. In the last couple of weeks, we've seen a lot of realignment uh, in uh, you know college ball. What is your of the four new Big Ten teams? USC, UCLA, University of Washington, or Oregon? Which one do you want to see Ohio State play the most, and why? USC. Yeah, the reason I say USC, USC because I, I feel like that can become a rivalry type of situation. Um, with USC, Michigan, Penn State playing against, you know, yeah, USC, Michigan, Penn State, uh, I think those are like the biggest teams in the conference. So with that happening, UCLA is a big team too. So with that happening and you and say if both teams are top five and they have to figure out a way to get into the playoffs or they play each other in the playoffs, I think that's going to really help out a lot. And then I think with the with USC coming into the Big Ten, now they're going to be able to start recruiting more of the country. They were able to do it already, but now it's going to show like, hey, we have to be a tougher conference. And, and I, think that's, I think that's going to really help them out when it comes to competing against our teams, because just the style of the conference is different. So, you know, they have a lot of athletes out there, but the toughness that Big Ten has it. So I think that's going to really help the conference, but it's going to also make it very interesting for Ohio State and Michigan's when they play them. See, there's a Rose Bowl joke in there about you picking a certain team that plays in the Rose Bowl because you guys can't get there any other. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just anything. And how about you? You're the Penn State guy. Tell us who 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 are you waiting for to see Penn State play in this 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 newfangled Big Twenty? <laughs> Emmett. Yep. Who are who are you waiting to see 
Penn State play in the in the in the newfangled Big Twenty. Did Emmett freeze? He looks like he's frozen. How about you, JT? We'll go to you. Mm-hmm. We'll go Michigan. We'll go Michigan. I, 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 I like to see Michigan and like USC, USC as well. As well. I you know, from I, my I perspective, yeah, I, I can't wait to see that vaunted Scarlet Knight team play the Washington Huskies. Like the furthest you could travel in the conference. To yeah, get, it's got a crazy talk, man. It's getting it's getting insane with the travel budgets there for the uh, uh, for all these these teams. But uh, in all seriousness, yeah, I think USC is that, that's the that's the sexy pick. I think Ryan JT, you guys are right on it. Um, so again, hey Ryan, before we let you off the clock. Just reminding everybody, come out to the city winery two weeks from today. You know, helps benefit the Ryan Shazier Foundation. If you purchase your ticket on Eventbrite and type in Shazier 50, you're going to get at your checkout a $10 off of your ticket. And you'll have a chance to win Ryan's autographed jersey or a Jerome Bettis jersey. Uh, and again, you'll come out and, and meet a bunch of uh, celebrities. You can meet Kevin Colbert, Will Allen, Colby Armstrong, and of course, Ryan Shazier. Uh, so don't miss a night out on on fun football, food, drinks, whatever, come out. Benefits a great cause. We hope to see you there. And Ryan, you've been a, a great guest. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, and to our sponsor, Caliente's Pizza and Draft House, check them out at one of their locations in the Pittsburgh area or at PPG Paints Arena or at Acrisure Stadium or at PNC Park and go to their website, worldsbestpizza.com. Remember, while draft may, uh, draft 412 may be off the air, we are always on the clock for you. Ryan, thank you very much for being here. No, thank you guys so much. And it was a great, great time for you. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. All right, guys. Talk to you. See you in two weeks. Yep, yep.